On this episode of Puros Minors, bro, we have a lot to catch up. Start of the new year, Utah basketball has had a weird past few weeks. Transfers, close losses, and a Twitter controversy. Hey, now. Utah football has had a tough start to the offseason, and we cover, we chat about it. It's Puros Minors, bro. And welcome to Poros Miners, bro. Mondo the Miners from Dina, along with Alex Nicolas. Happy New Year, brother. Happy New Year, Monster. Happy New Year, Miner Nation. El Paso, Northeast El Paso, Eastside El Paso. What up? All of El Paso, man. Why you got well, what? And Lower all, Valley, man. Oh, Upper yeah. Valley. I won't forget the Lower Valley. And all, all, the Valley. and all the Miner fans across our nation that are spread that out. That is correct. Listening to this at work, it's, running at the gym or whatever. At the gym. That's where I would suggest y'all listen to. Yeah, you listen to wherever you can. Uh, Puros Miners, bro. Um, I do want to say this. Happy New Year to everybody. And your resolutions, you stick with them, stick with them. Now, boy, this is always next year. Uh, happy New Decade. New, new de- Decade. Right. Think about that. You know, 2020. A uh, bit of advice into 2020. For those of you that still write personal checks or when you're dating something this year, for example, like if it's January the 7th, uh, 2020, a lot of people just put 1-7-20, put 1-7-2020 because they can add something to it. A tip by the police. I, I saw I saw like a post or something like that. That was it. That was my only tip of the, of the first year. That's probably the only one you're going to get. It's been a hard month for the minors. It's been a very hard month if you're a minor fan. Let's be honest. Hard, this, interesting. They you can st- throw any adjective. I can start in everything. They started really good, and then you talked about it. You you, you said in previous podcasts that we're going to find out about this basketball team once we hit into December. You know, now we're in January, and we're in January. We know. I think we know a little bit too much than we need to know. Yeah, we're going to talk about team. that. But let me just straight up, straight up, straight up tell you what I was thinking about. Like they played ten games within a month, right. and that's starting with that. The Houston game because that was December third or fourth, whatever. Today is the sixth, right? That was the twenty. No, that was the that was in December. That that was before. That no, was that, before that the was tournament. after they went. That that was that was before the tournament. Yeah, that was that. You're right. You're right. But anyways, it was like Sorry. December the third or something like that. So, and then I'm going off like the the games this past weekend, which that was like the third or the fourth or whatever it of was ja- of January. Correct. Right. So like in the span of a month, they've played ten games, they've won four, but they've lost six. Oh. And but what gets me is that the three the last three games they should have won, but they haven't been able to finish these last three games. So it's been a crazy month. So I don't know if you want to catch us up to speed with what's going Let's on. But it. but let me just say before we start all this other stuff, if I'm a minor fan, should I be concerned? Because remember, we started a red hot. You beat Texas Tech. It's an exhibition. They have all these players. Everybody's going crazy. You know, you you beat all of New Mexico. Because let's be honest, that's what it was the first month. Nothing but New Mexico teams. You state play, champs. New Mexico you, state champs. You, exactly. You play all these cupcake teams and stuff like that. Kind of like a warm up. And then all of a sudden, I don't know if you want to describe it a bump in the right. road. A few. Or, or is it been where like you hit something and your tire came off? Nah, you know, that's a legit question. I think that's the biggest question right now is should you be concerned? I kind of have a, a, a different look at this. So I think you should be concerned if if you still feel that this UTEP team is a top team in Conference USA. You should be very concerned because they're not. Um, this is an average Conference USA team, yep. fourth place to sixth place. 
And that's not trashing this team, but that's just saying, look, it is what it is about this team, and what is what it is, it's all about Frisco, baby. We've been ta- we've talked about that for years, talking about Conference USA, one bid league. You know, it's great if you go out there and you beat a Houston, you beat, um, you know, you beat Boise, uh, you know, you get by Hawaii, and you have some good wins that can show that you are a top team in Conference USA. So if you're concerned as a fan that oh, this UTEP team is still the best team in conference, like you mentioned, they beat Texas Tech, yep. you know. If you're still living on that high cloud, you got to get off of that. You're living in a dream. You're Let living in a dream. Up. This team is it, it's an average team. Now, now that's just not dissing it. They're, they it are is what, what they it are. Is. There's good talent, but this team is still trying to figure themselves yeah. out. They're still figuring out how to win. And, and Obviously, Coach Terry and the staff still trying to figure out their rotation and roles. You know, we were hoping that at least this time we yeah. would have a, a you know clear image of sorts. And things have just really and, kind of and, gone haywire yeah, from and, that perspective. And let me say, the last three games that they've lost, they basically lost like in the last minute of, of these games. I don't mind that they're losing these games because hopefully this is how they learn. And like you talked about in Frisco, that is the only time I really need this team to put it together for about four games, right? Four games, you know. Put Hopefully it together. three before and four if you finish outside the top four. Exactly. You know, four or three, whatever it is. But that's when I need them to gel and, and put it, put the complete pack. I need them to figure it out in Frisco, those three or four games. That's all that really matters to me because I don't care what the record's going to be. If you're in the Conference USA basketball tournament, that's your ticket into the NCAA tournament because – I don't care what the conference you'll say tries to do. There's only going to be one team getting in because we get no respect. It is what it is. But now let's rewind and talk about how we got to this. So you're going back to that Sun Bowl tournament. Really, the theme since that Sun Bowl tournament, after you played North Carolina A&T, to what you were saying, every game has been close. Every game has really been close since then. You go back, the Miners beat North Carolina A&T, take care of business there. And then UC Irvine, you get in a dog fight with them. That's a good win. Hey, how about how about UC Irvine and how they, well they do in this tournament? Right. We were sitting yep. here the last podcast before that tournament. We were talking Kent State, Kent State, Kent State. Yep. We didn't give UC Irvine a chance. UC Irvine has a really good recent record in this tournament. So that's a good win for UTEP. I, I, I was a little bit disappointed that at that game UTEP did get into the 80s in terms of scoring but it is what it is you break that streak was it four straight seasons they hadn't won or whatever it was um you know so that was positive you know that was great momentum you saw them put together good performances on back-to-back nights obviously that UC Irvine game very very close um but the Miners were able to pull that out so you go to Houston um you know starting off that game in Houston didn't look too well and then you get in that stretch in the middle of the first half the Miners claw back into it and then the bricks start dropping. They did. They got slapped in the face. You know, that's as, as simple no, 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 as no, no, you no, can no. put it. They, they got, got slapped, slapped in, in the, the face, face and didn't get up. They, you know, there was a point in that game midway through that first half, and UTEP was starting to claw back in, and you figure, okay, you know, they got off to a rough start. Houston, you know, they're kind of lowing, and then Houston just went off, man. Yeah, they, Houston just – they, they, they took it to another level. There was no – no chance of the miners really see, fighting back in that. I, I didn't mind that because I, no, I didn't either. Because everybody's like, let's be honest, they they already had this basketball team on a high pedestal when really they haven't done anything yet. So I kind of like the fact that you that Houston kind of gave them a reality check and and kind of like brought them back yeah. down to earth because I think they're starting to believe some of their press. And you also saw in that game where back to back games earlier in the week, a day of travel. Yep. 
it went into a small factor in that Cause, game. Because y'all remember, like the for like the first month, they didn't have any travel exactly. games. Exactly. Because I don't, I don't consider going to Las no. Cruces a travel game. That's just a, a long bus ride. I'm right. telling you from experience. But sometimes with football team, like we land somewhere, we still drive like 30 minutes to go to the hotel. You know, that's so travel, for for, yeah. for me, that's the same. That's how I look at it. So you could see a little bit of that fatigue. It wasn't the reason yep. why right. Houston was just a way better team. Yep. Clearly, Houston goes as we're gonna get to. They go to Hawaii and win the whole thing down there in, in the Hawaii tournament. But you could start to see, you know, okay, maybe there's some holes in this roster. So you open up that game against Hawaii and that in the Hawaii tournament. I don't think they should have lost that game. You know, that's a game where I felt that there was some things that went the minors way. There's stuff that didn't go, but I felt at the end of the day, the mismanagement that we're seeing at the end of ball games really kind of parlayed into that Hawaii game and it got away from them. And they still have that problem by the and way. And they still have that problem, which we're going to talk about. So then you lose uh, to Hawaii, a game you shouldn't have. You played Hawaii close. Um, and then you bounce back against ball state still too close for comfort. I really felt that game should have been about a 10 point game for the minors, yep. but you take your wins. And then you finish out with Boise State, and that's where clearly the, the, the wheels just fell off. They got exposed. They were just crushed on the defensive boards in that game. I mean, there was really nothing okay. that the Miners could do there. They were just exposed there. Be, yeah. be, and, be, go, go ahead. Before we, before we move, move on, I do want to say that our thoughts, prayers, because he's going to be good, Coach Roddy Terry. Right. He got that allergic reaction. In my, I wonder where they we're at in Miami because, yeah. you know, like, like I said, with the football team, we went to Miami, but I didn't eat with because I wonder how they do with the basketball team. Because for the football team, because clear, clearly it's something that he ate, correct? That's what they said, right? That that he had was, an was it reaction. a medication? I forget what. When somebody said medication, some of it's there was so I many know stories being thrown. It was basically the night before. But what I would think is that they would stay in one spot. Well, the, because the, you're, just, the, because you're you, there from Thursday or let, Wednesday let me, to Saturday. Let, let me basically. tell you how it works for the football team. Football team, it's. Basically a day and a half that we we get through the night before the day before, the football team since there's so many of them they or whatever hotel we stay at they get the food there it's catered and all that stuff blah 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 including the coaching staff they they eat there the buffet, the morning of breakfast it all depends what time we play but still they have they get fed there at the hotel, everybody else you're on your own like that's why. Like the media and the other the the other people, like the cheerleaders and stuff like that. Everybody else is on their own, but the football team and the staff, the the, the coaching staff, they get catered food and things of that nature. So, but I don't know how it works for the basketball team. Like if they have that set up, since it's only like maybe twelve of them, right? If they get like a catered thing, or they just go to different restaurants together, I, I that's the one so thing too. I don't know. But one thing too is that we got to remember about they fight commercial. You oh yeah, that I mean? sucks. That would suck. So I mean, with them, they they're on a very. So I would I would think that they would probably get, you know, a, a healthy fast food or some sort of catering, Jason's Deli, something in that regard. It's that's that that was very odd. You know, that was very very odd. Be yeah. you know, the first thing that I look at when we you know talking about um, that health care with Rodney Terry, the guy's in great shape. Yeah, yeah. And, and he's and, very active. And, and, he's and tremendous that's shape. what surprised me was like, what? Like, and he's a young you know, guy too. So you know, at first it, it was said that the, uh, the way that I heard it through, I didn't see it on Twitter. Somebody texted me before about Terry having a, a stomach virus, 
And I'm thinking, the guy, you know, does the guy even eat? Because the guy's in such great yeah. shape, but, but man. It, but it happens. You know? but, I mean, but it does. And what's crazy about it is because think about it. If you have an allergic reaction, like when I was in Austin, uh, my little cousin, he's like nine years old. Yeah. I offered him a piece of chocolate. What up, little the, cousin? The first thing he says, little Vince tells me, does it have peanuts in it? Because he's allergic to peanuts. Yeah. So if you're allergic to something, you know, you know what I mean? So it's but not something that if, Rodney Terry, but like, if, you know, if, it's if, something that was out of his control, which is the craziest thing about but it. But it could man. be something that he didn't know he was allergic exactly. to like, or that too. you go to miami is different food you seafood. know like i, I, I don't know seafood, yeah that's that's because the first thing that pops it. in my and mind when, too. I, when i go to anywhere near the coast i'm all i'm gonna eat seafood. yeah if I, I mean, go to corpus i mean seafood bro or something either like that, that or so. some type of cuban food yeah and so that that that's a big mystery you know that and, but and the bottom line it was scary because was when i saw that he was in critical, critical condition that, yeah, that's that like was, when you're like oh my god you know but thankfully he's gonna be coaching on thursday right. so i'm glad he recovered yeah it was definitely a weird situation and so but before that um yeah now we now we, know i just want to but before people listen to this podcast they all come back and said that thank thankfully the coach is okay we are very grateful that he's okay and speed recovery, and, and he's going to be there on Thursday. Because he was at the game on Saturday. They just decided for him not to coach. coach yeah, he, he ran the shoot around Saturday. But now let's talk but, about what people were talking about before all that so stuff So I want to get your opinion on this because this was a wild 48-hour period in Utah yep. basketball. So like we mentioned, you go on that Hawaii. They, they underperformed in Hawaii. Let's just be. Let's just call it what it is. This was a disappointing tournament because of the way they lost those games. You know, it's one thing, like you mentioned, to go and get waxed by Houston. You're just not that good. But you're looking at those three teams. Teams that they played in, in in Hawaii, Utah matched up pretty well with them, and they hung with every one of them. You know, Boise there was a little bit of a different story, but the miners got exposed. So underwhelming performance. Um, you know, high expectations from us, from everybody, even inside that Foster Stevens Center. They're pretty sure there was high expectations, and then now you start getting guys trying to jump ship. First off, the happens Nigel Hawkins transfers. That's the first announcement. Most you know, really the, the two most early surprising names that I would never. Think they would transfer Nigel Hawkins and then Jordan Layton. Yeah, um, and he's starter too. He's both of them. I yeah. played significant minutes the Correct. past two seasons, and then Hawkins returned. Well, uh, Hawkins announced that was his a transfer. Span that, that was forty eight hours. One. Hawkins leaves, and then the uh, and then transfer Lathan, portal on the same time. Okay. Lathan transfers, and then Hawkins comes let, back. Let me rewind for the people listening right now. Explain to them how the transfer portal works. Well, the transfer portal works. If you declare you're going to be in the transfer portal, you uh, you have to let your institution know. Your institution signs off on it. You let the NCAA know. The NCAA puts you in the transfer portal, meaning your information is available to every college coach, whether it's Division One, JUCO, and they're able to contact you. So when you have your name in that portal, that means any coach. No. I'm not sure. Now, you, they do have to abide by the recruiting rules in terms of dead period and and all those uh, things that come so along let's with let's just it. say like, like like since like but for somebody that doesn't know like for just going in blind okay they said nigel hawkins wants to be in the, in the portal the transfer portal he puts his name in there blah 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 how soon could he have realistically gone to another school he could have gone instantly. It could have been the next day. Caden Archie is a perfect example. Yeah. He did the exact exact same scenario. When TCU left Hawaii, he put his name in the transfer portal. I think maybe two weeks later, he was visiting in El Paso, and then he committed and he enrolled here. So really what Jordan late or what Jordan or Nigel could have done is they could have declared like they did, put themselves in the transfer portal, visited a couple of schools and then whenever school starts let's just say in the next couple of weeks as colleges start with the, with the spring 
whatever semester it's called now, then you can enroll. So it's always best to do kind of what they were doing, get your name in there, figure out your school. Casey Iziagu, uh, the kid that, that transferred early on in the yes. season, same situation. Um, he was pretty much, he's on a visit right now to Kansas State. He'll more than likely commit to Kansas State tonight, tomorrow, and then he'll be on campus first day in the spring semester. So okay. that's what happened, or that's what okay. happens so, so, with the so, transfer so, portal. So Hawkins puts his name in the portal. Now you can remove that. You have the you have the freedom to remove it, just like. Is there a time period? There isn't a time of what I've understood. What like I you was have reading, the rest of the semester, or like basically, you're like, certain, basically like a until, week or basically something. Basically, until you signed a letter of, of intent, which is why to go somewhere else, right? Which is why right before we jumped on the air here, yeah. Jordan Lathan. Now, according to Adrian Broadus, what up, Adrian? What up, Adrian? Uh, Six hundred ESPN El Paso reports what up, that. Adrian? Jordan's back in the mix now in Utah. So he's back on campus now. That's what's being reported. Okay. And not only that, but during that transfer dilemma going on, Brett Brunkless of the El Paso Times also tweeted out that Dion Stroud, Dion Stroud, the kid from Fresno, uh, was also contemplating a transfer. So okay, you okay, had a so, lot so, going so now, in this 48-hour period for the Utah Miners once they we, left Hawaii. We, we've heard, let's be honest, even back to uh, the, the past 10 years, we've always had like at least one kid transfer. Right. Let's be honest. It's, it doesn't matter who the coach was like the past 10 years. We always had a, a, a player transfer. But I don't think I've seen in the, the fact that you've had – now with uh, with Deion Stroud, uh, the fact with three of them. Now we get it when it's guys that don't play because they, they. Let's be honest. When you go to a college team, whatever you know, the reason why you pick that university is because you want playing time, and that goes for football and basketball and any sport. So when we get to the football, by the way, the reason why they lost one of those decommitments, I'm gonna tell you <laughs> that's exactly why he didn't do it. But when you got guys like Hawkins and especially Lathan, since he was starting, you know. What is going on that those guys said, hey, we're going to put our name in the, in the portal? Maybe because they didn't like the way something was going on. And like, hey, you don't think I'm going to leave? Here, this is how serious I'm about leaving. But then now they both want to come. Hawkins is back. But now apparently to my man Reportedly, Adrian said yeah. that. Lathan is back as well. Let me take it a little further yeah. because you're, you're something's you're, going on. You're trading something is going you're on. You're trading in the right place, but let me take it further. When, when, when we're looking at really Jordan Lathan transferring, so when UTEP signed Jordan Lathan a year ago, I was real surprised that they were able to get him. Apparently, he had signed with Northwestern or committed to Northwestern. Northwestern didn't honor his commitment. Um, There's an article out there where, where somebody was citing that it could have been some funny stuff. I don't exactly know, but for whatever reason, this is a four-star guy, a low a Low-level four-star guy, but still a four-star guy, you know, going to a Big Ten school. So he comes here to UTEP. The love that I saw him show on social media with the Walmart shootings back in August where he was real excited to play that Texas Tech game, seeing how he had a a game winner last year, I think it was against FIU um, at home. You know, he's the point guard. Um, You know, he's the future of your program is basically what I'm trying to say. So when he transferred, that raised huge red flags for me because, like you mentioned, you you hit it perfectly. He's getting playing time. But to me, the way I looked at it, I think that I – I mean, now he's back. So I think Jordan Lathan's the future of this program. You know what I mean? Because, you know, 
with the work that he put in last year, earning that point guard spot, playing tough. Obviously, shooting wise, he had a rough year. So you you know you 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 trying to look at okay how what does he bring to the table in terms of basketball? But I was looking at him more as you know what this guy he's a leader. You know what I mean? He's a guy that that Rodney Terry's gonna look for. To. He's gonna be Rodney Terry's right hand man. Not so much this year, but in a couple years as he continues to mature and becomes a junior and a senior, and then he leaves. You know, and that's where that's what's perplexing about the whole thing is like you mentioned is because yes he was getting playing time but to me i thought this kid's the face of your program you know this is a kid that has that talent to honestly if he would have stayed in that transfer portal this kid would have had high major interest i mean you're talking about you know big 12 so, 12 he would have had you know major interest and he was a major he has a major impact on this team still so that was what what really threw my mind into you know this crazy thought of okay not only was this your starting point guard but i felt that he could be the face of your program and not only that the consistent face of your program that can stick around all four years because like you mentioned he has a starting yeah, job as does. a point guard okay so so hawkins was off the team for two days right but th- he didn't miss any games correct no this was during, during the break during, this during was during the, the transition from so, uh, so hawaii so, to conference and now Lathan did miss the last two games correct yes, he so did. he's only missed two games correct, correct. but now he's back you know, at the same time, Terry's got to welcome them back. And how does he do that? Is it you have to earn those minutes back? Is practice going to be? I mean, you know, the way that and and we could kind of go back and touch on this. I didn't like the way Rondi Rondi no, Terry we're, we're handled getting, the we're, media. We're, we're, we're getting, getting there. We're, we're, so we are getting you know, there. It, 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 it makes it more intrigue as of how you know. I, I would say how kind of Rodney Terry blew it off the shoulder in a sense. And all coaches have their coaches speak. You know that that's not privy to just Rodney Terry, but he wants. Talk about it. I mean, you saw the media releases. I saw it. I saw it. You know what I mean? Where it's like nobody's it. asking questions about Jordan Lathan. I mean, it really seemed like something happened, whether there was, in my opinion, you know, I was, and I don't know if this happened or not, but I'm thinking, okay, a big right, argument right. ensued. Okay, something let me, let me, I, I, I can't hold back anymore. Let me just say, everybody from UTEP that's listening to this podcast right now, because we know you listen. Thank you for those of you that do listen. It is the media's job right. to ask questions. And by the way, we weren't there because I was out of town. You're out of town. So right now we're defending our fellow media guys, yep. you know, and one that I worked with for 20 years because I'm, I'm, I hear he's the one that asked the question, a simple that, question that asked too. a simple question, a realistic question, you know, because there's certain people in the media that like to bait yes. coaches, you know, because they want to make a name for themselves. But they want to ask I'm, the tough questions. They do. But let me be honest with you. Every nobody in El Paso is like that. And this you situation, know? you nobody, didn't have to. No, no. It's just a legit question. Hey, yeah. my man, what's going on? Why are they transferring and stuff like that? And then he goes off, you know, like on a two minute rant. You know, and then towards the end, he was actually doing okay. But then towards the end, he basically told the media that you're going to have to deal with it or something like right. that. You know, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. But the, the end of the day is that it is the media's job to ask questions, you know. And by the way, this goes for any sport, whether it be high school, whether it be college, and especially in the pros. When you become the head coach of said team, you have to deal with the media if you want everybody to know the fact that you're the the coach of whatever team if you want everybody to sing your praises when you guys win it doesn't matter the sport if you want people to show you love and stuff like that the media is going to help you do that stuff because they're just reporting their jobs that's what they're doing but when something goes wrong it is your job to deal with the media we are not going to go away 
You know, I mean, like, big props to my man, Coach Dana Dimmel. He takes it. He does. Every week he takes it. I'm telling you straight up. Smiles. He smiles. He takes it because he knows it's part of the job. You want to be the big man on campus or whatever, high school, whatever, head coach, you have to deal with the media because yeah. that it comes with it. Nah. It, it comes. It's, it's part of the territory, and, and that's you and know? that's the problem. And that's when that's what bothers me is when these guys come in and thinking like, oh no, I don't have to deal with the media. No, bro, you haven't done anything yet for you to act like Popovich or or Belichick or something like that that they treat the media like a joke. You haven't done anything yet. And that's why I spoke up on Twitter and said what I said about that because I think it's I think we're all pretty well versed in the transfer culture. I think we all have a pretty good handle on that I, you yeah. know you, you and i both were in that room in don haskins center yeah, and, in the that, summer that, of and, that maybe, and that was a setup so that was a setup against me and steve actually right. that was that was 2016 was or 17 it was may i can't remember if it was 2017 yeah, well, actually it was a spring it was spring it was may i know it was may for yeah. sure all i know is that was my video that made it national yeah it, it, but, but and that was a setup by but, the way but like i mentioned i you know we're pretty i think and I can speak on all media guys here in El Paso. Yeah. Everybody's pretty, you know, we've covered how many transfers yeah. under the Floyd area. Yeah. We know. Yeah. It's, it's, we it's weren't like asking about the transfer. They, they weren't asking about the transfer culture. They were asking about the specific situation yeah. here at UTEP, which needs to be addressed. And, and I saw some of the comments of fans on Twitter that I remember following them when I was running Minor Rush, and they're very polite, you know, very supportive. But I saw two tweets where somebody wanted transparency, and I've never seen this woman, you know, speak like that on Twitter. Now, she didn't go bash, but, you know, basically asking as a paying customer, you know, I think I deserve to know. And that's really the whole key, uh, uh, the, the really the whole gist of it. And it's it's just it's very frustrating because if anybody speaks out or if anybody yeah. despises I mean, it, you get blocked on Twitter. Yeah. And you and know, well, let's just be and, honest. And, and, let's, uh, just, let's just say what happened. And it is what it is. You, you, but, but I, I, what I was is, doing is, uh, and not only well, what by, I was, by, by Alex got Coach Rodney Terry blocked Alex on Twitter, and it's a badge of honor because now I entered, I moonwalk into 2020 with two. College heads coaches blocking Who's my the other one? Doug Martin of Mexico State. Okay. See, but the, the, <laughs> the thing that gets me is that you're just defending the other media, our fellow media you, guys. Because I noticed something about Rodney Terry from the moment I, I was there at his introductory press conference. I was the first one to ask the questions. Yeah, what's up? I'm bragging. Holla at me. But I, I, saw, I saw something. He's cool and collected. You know, you ask him a question, he gives you that direct stare. He's cool. He's calm. He's articulate. You know, he does. He, he doesn't talk like me. I talk with my hands when I'm doing everything. I always talk with my hands. Yeah. Terry's just very calm. He's cool. He doesn't really move. He was very fidgety in that media clip posted by Andy Morgan. He really was. He was very fidgety. He was very animated. You could tell that there was a very, very difficult conversation that happened with him and Jordan Lathan, obviously Nigel Hawkins. Something didn't happen right in that household, that and, UTEP and, basketball and, household. And, and, and we in the media, like I said, you average at least one a year. So when you hear one of them, like, okay, but then in the span of 48 hours, you hear that's two of them. And then a possible and third. Of, and third. And then one of them is the starter and the other one gets a lot of playing time. We're like, wait a minute. That's something's going on, my man. Exactly. We just need to know what's going on. Exactly. We're not doing our jobs in the media of those guys if they don't ask those questions. And, and that's where that was where I said, I feel everybody gets it. What Whoever was asking that question was basically asking what happened in your situation. We know that there's people in the AAU culture is 
is out of control. We know there's people telling these kids that they're great and they can do whatever they want from the minute they score 20 points in an eighth grade basketball game coming up to the recruiting process. We know that. That's, yeah, of course. that's something that, that that's pretty prevalent if you just open Twitter every day and looking at recruits. So it's not that's really what fired me up about that tweet that I had to send off. I was like, well, why is Rodney Terry asking the media to do something they already know about? You know, it, why, why don't you bring up exactly it, 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 what, what you what you posted that got you uh, blocked from Twitter because when I saw it, I was like, wait a minute, you, you didn't like I wouldn't like if, if you were to beat and the thing is like if you're bashing the program, then I would understand it. But right. you're you're not bashing the program. You're just basically standing up for all the the other media guys. And and that's really what it was because you know I watched both videos and and the other video actually looked more. Um, it, it was more like what I look. It, it looked worse on Rodney Terry than the actual video that I retweeted. But basically what I was asking is why, why is Rodney Terry asking the media to adapt to the transfer culture when, you know, I feel the media, the basketball, college basketball media in general, not just so much in El Paso, you know, has adapted and understands this culture. All they were doing was asking their job. You know, he just seemed nervous. He seemed yeah. triggered. He but why, seemed why, uncomfortable. Why, why would he block you on Twitter over, because of that, yeah, you know, because because you put like, well, he's not he's not this. calm and not cool like he usually is, and, and where I'm giving him credit to, like, yeah. you know what, usually, dude, you're cool. Why did you flip your script? Well, you know. Anthony Salome and I used to run minor rush. He's also blocked by Rodney Terry too. He he joins the club. So, you what know, we were texting each other on Saturday and he's like, Hey, you know what I did? He's like, I just searched Fresno State or Rodney Terry blocked. And I was like, well, what happened? He goes, oh, well, there was like a handful of Fresno State fans that said that too. So obviously this is something that's gone on forever. And, and, and let me just Look, say, I, I'm not, let me it, just co say it this. comes with the territory, I, my I, I'm man. I'm not crying over somebody who blocks me on Twitter, okay? I could care less about social media. Monster knows how I handle my social yeah. media. I, I don't like it. I only do it because I was in the media, still am the media. Look, so I, 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 so look. I'm not going to cry over somebody blocking me, okay? That, but the fact of the matter is, look, Rodney Terry and his staff used to beg me when I ran Minor Rush to post I, I saw I saw the Proof, you by know, the way. To, to post all those edits of all these recruits, pretty much everybody on the roster, I had a hand in help recruit. You know, I'm going to just say it. You know, this podcast was supposed to be sponsored by UTEP Basketball. We were supposed to get basketball players. We were supposed to get access to have an assistant coach. Well, that was stopped when we stopped posting those things for Rodney Terry. So if you guys kind of see where we're going here, where in terms of, you know, if you're not doing what they like, you're going to get shunned. And that's kind of how I feel. But, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. You know, holla at me, Rodney Terry, or whoever from UTEP if I'm wrong. But that's how I feel because, you know, to me, it's like, okay, uh, but, you but know, I, I, that, I've done stuff for yeah, you. Yeah. I'm continuing to – I'm promoting you. I've never said one bad thing about Rodney Terry. That's what I'm saying. I've really been promoting him. I think the only bad thing I may have said on the maybe a podcast before is where I complained about the turnovers. Good Lord. Wells is not complaining about the turnovers if you watch UTEP basketball. That was a valid gripe. I didn't go off the wall. I broke down. I, I think I even broke down scenarios and stats. So, I, you know, it is what it is. But, and, it just, and by but, the way, but to it, your point, like you said, if you're in that position, you if, if somebody's going to light the fire under you, I mean, you got to let that just burn, bro. And, it, really and let do. me buy this. I mean, I've been in the public eye for 20-plus right. years, dude. So I, I know that. You know, there's going to be a lot of haters and stuff. You just learn to deal with it, you know. Um, but when it comes to like people, like it's it's not like it's not like you're bashing the program. Right. It'd be one thing like if every like it'd be one thing like if you're sending nothing but negative oh, tweets and I every and I single that. every single game that they've lost, right. you know, because you expect them to be perfect and blah blah blah. Then I would understand. 
Because then I sit you down, my man, what you doing? What you right, trying exactly. to do? Stuff like that, you know? But uh, that's but, not in my nature. But, but, but the thing is, is that you're defending the fellow media. That's right. all you said. And you know? clearly that triggered somebody. You know, that triggered somebody. So I just don't understand why, why that would happen. Now, let me just tell you, too, like, when it came to the football team, they came at us as well because Alex was talking about how, you know, certain situations, UTEP was very bad in the last two minutes going into uh, halftime and also when the game, especially at halftime, like UTEP was yeah, bad, was worse, like something in the nation. Game management. And, 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 the third down third, the, and the thing third is, down. like, true story, like the third down defense, something like that, you know, we talked about it in one podcast and Alex especially brought it up that they're the, the, the worst in the nation. And actually you were tweeting it. You you're yeah. tweeting it on Buddha's Miners, bro. And then you tape, came, they came after me. On the plane. On the pl They came after me on the plane, <laughs> you know, really. So then they came after you. And then when you when you gave them their explanation, they like they kind of let it go. But then what, what happens on the broadcast the following Saturday? Tysher is saying, you know, UTEP is dead last on third down conversion and stuff like this that. This isn't intramurals, brother. This isn't intramurals, brother. This is Division One athletics. And if you don't and like it's the It's almost heat, like they just want nothing but positive press, and we do nothing but give them and, love. And, and in El Paso, this is the L.A. media. So you ain't going to get no heat, bro. You know what I mean? Like, But, I mean, the last thing I'm going to say about this is just, like I said, this is not intramural sports. This is Division One athletics. Imagine all the hate. If Rodney Terry was at a Power Five school, imagine if he was Ima in like is, in a big is, like is, in a big market. Is he going to block all the Texas fans or all the Oklahoma fans that would come at him? I don't think so. So, I don't know. anyways, oh, 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 back oh, oh, to basketball. Oh, oh, wait, 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 but I just want to know is that like we both grew up in El Paso. We right. we want UTEP oh, to yeah. succeed, whether it be any sport. We're going to be we're we're big UTEP homers. Yeah, that's why it's called Puros Miners, bro. Yeah, big UTEP homers. We don't want them to lose. We don't want to be negative. We want to be positive. But it is also our job because of the stuff that we've done in the media. That hey, we got a reputation that we got to call it like the way it is. And like hey, when you're coming at our coworkers, the other guys in the media. We're going to defend them I'm too because yeah. because I'll be honest with you some of those guys aren't going to defend themselves yeah. because they're afraid they're going to they're not going to get the press pass cuz they're I mean some I'm not saying all of them but they Most might them, yeah. they might be afraid that some of their they might get they might lose some of the uh, their access. Yeah, but with me, I don't care. Yeah, I don't either. So it is what it is. What I do care about is I'm gonna block you on Twitter now too. Do it. I go for it. I'm, I'm tweeting out it, anyways. What is your Twitter, brother? At Nicolas Alex nine one five. I'm not blocked you, but I'm not blocked you like in half a second. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, the, but we had to bring it up. We, we, no, had, we had to bring to, it we up. Had to address that. But I mean, either way, you know, it's all about conference play now. Um, you open up conference play, you lose that Florida swing. I'm actually impressed with those Florida. Florida schools, they're much improved than what I've seen over the past few years. That's not an yeah. excuse for UTEP to, no. to go in there and lay an egg. No, but no. they are improved. Um, but no, Now, the one thing against FIU, UTEP started very slow. Yeah. But we didn't know about Terry yet. Right. We, we didn't know about that. So I was like, why is this team starting slow? So I gave it to him. But then I thought the coaches, the, the assistant coaches did a great job. The UTEP came back and they tied it and right. things of that nature. They just lost it at the, uh, at the end. FAU is a different situation. Yeah, FAU, and to me, I everybody looks at the last five minutes or the last two minutes of that game. I look at it differently. I look at the first half of that game. It was nine, it was eight to six. Um, eight to six early on. Bryson Williams knocks down a three. Eleven six. Yep. Uh, FAU doesn't score for about a four or five minute stretch, four minute stretch. Neither did UTEP. At that moment, that 11, Bryson just hit a three. 
You know, it started off slow again for the second straight game. Bryson hits a three, and then at that point, I'm thinking, here it is. Here's the run. Here's the UTEP run. Literally, the score at that point after that should have been 20 to 6, 23 to 6. This game should have never been close. But the theme for this team, they just cannot get over themselves and put their foot on somebody's throat. Yeah. That's the big. And, and then they, can't, they don't know how to finish. And yet. then going into the second half, they don't finish the game. And that's really the biggest. And, and it parlays into turnovers. Because they they led in that you, you. FAU game. They led the entire second right. half because they had a three-point lead going into halftime. They led the entire second half up until a minute left to go. And like I said, they should have had a, a, a double-digit lead in the first eight to ten minutes and of the, the game. The, the thing that that was shocking to me is that with like 15 seconds left to go, you have a timeout and they didn't take it. And that goes into the management that I'm continuing to see not be on par in terms of matchups in the last two minutes. And then particularly what, what upset me in that FAU game, and you just hit on it, but not only last 15 seconds, but can, not, can somebody on the bench not name Rodney Terry draw up a bucket? Right. That was, was frustrating because you're looking at those last three minutes again, another stretch in that game against FIU where UTEP should have stretched that lead out yeah. to double digits. But you, just, you at that point, usually what you'll see is a coach call a timeout yeah. and look, draw up one play and have two or three on deck to call. I don't know. That, see, that's something that I, that I don't think cause, happened. Cause, and the Miners just look lost in the last three well, minutes. Well, speaking of, of, of lost, in that situation against FIU, they did call a timeout. Right. They drew up a play, but when Villa got the ball, he was like, why do I have the ball? Exactly. And then it's a turnover because he looked totally lost, yeah. like he wasn't supposed to get the ball, and then he didn't know what to do, you know, and then there was a turnover, game was basically over See, there. And that's what pisses me off about them playing a game on Thursday at 10 o'clock because I didn't watch yeah. that game. But you, but, but you got I, the plus, but, baby. But, but, I was, the replay. but I was tapped in on Saturday's game where the last three minutes – Everything was pick and roll motion concepts. Yep. The most bait, and it was it was so easy to stop. Yep. Miners go, they come out in the four out, four out one guy in the post. They throw it in the post. They throw it back out. Here comes the pick and roll, and there's no motion. It's a motion concept or motion actions, not so much concepts, but motion actions. But there's no motion. It's either throw it into Bryson or throw it out, and then oh, if there's eight seconds left on the clock, let's try to dribble out and pass it out for a, for a deep three, which this team doesn't shoot the three ball very well, yep. and that's. That's the most concerning is because at the last three minutes, there have there should have been three or four different – everybody runs the horn set play. Everybody that yeah. follows college basketball and knows horns. I didn't even see them run a horn set, a simple basketball set in the last three minutes of that FAU game. That was the most disappointing because from a coaching standpoint, UTEP – should have out-coached them and out-schemed them in the last three minutes. Yes, of course, you had to put Effie in the last two minutes. I know a lot of people were talking about that. But more so for me, and also, too, Deion Stroud, Correct. 10 points in the first half. Plays, what, five minutes, if that, in the second half. So like, that's a big part of it. But to me, it's, okay, the X's and O's, this team does not have an identity. And, and, and like I said, the pattern that I am seeing when they're starting to face real competition is like I, when we start talking about the basketball stuff, you know, I told you in the last month they played 10 games. They've lost six. They won four. Going back to that Hawaii tournament and what we saw last week, they should have won five games. They should have they won uh, five games instead right. of just they, – like they should have won nine games is right. what I'm trying to say. You know, but what happened is at the end of these games – that's when UTEP collapses yep. is in the last two, three minutes of the game, especially the last minute. They haven't learned how to finish. And like I said, 
I, I don't, I don't, do I get upset? Yes, because I want to see UTEP win every single game because I, I love UTEP and everything that you love UTEP. And when you see that they have the talent that they should be, there's no reason why they should have lost against FAU. FIU, you know, they came back and all that stuff, but I still had the, the opportunity to win that game. It just bats up. But you go back to the Hawaii tournament, the same thing happened, you know. But the thing that concerns me is that that's the pattern that I'm seeing it when it comes to, as people say, crunch time when the game is on the line. They haven't figured out how to put it together. But at the same time, like I said, we talked about this too at the beginning of the podcast. Like, it's okay. I asked you, should you be panicking? You said no. And I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not panicking yet because I have faith in Coach Rodney Terry that they're going to put it together because the only time I really need them to put it together is in Frisco. Yeah, and, and, That's, and there's two there's two areas that I want to touch on that parlays into what you were talking about. Um, mental toughness yep. for one of them. Everything that you mentioned right now with the minors are struggling, crunch time is mental toughness. And there's two areas – both on offense and defense, that I'm seeing that parlay into it, and it's the lack of basketball IQ. You know, we'll start on offense. You're talking about the turnovers. Um, how many times this year has a minor caught a pass and been standing on the on, out of bounds baseline, baseline out of bounds marker, whatever you want to call it? Yep. At least a handful, right? Yep. You know, where's the basketball IQ? Um, Sule Boom. I you know I hate to call out particular Sule players. Boom. I love, I love the name. name, by the way. But how many times does Sule take it on a triple threat? And he travels on his first step. Yeah. You know, it, those are little coachable things. And then you look at defense. Some of the fouls, some of the dumb fouls the minors make being a little bit too much aggressive. Now, I did notice it at the beginning of the season. And, and I said it to myself. I even said, I think I said to Joe Rod. What up, Joe Rod? What up, Joe we're, Rod? We're sitting there at the top. And, and I noticed, like, man, you know, this team just, they make these stupid fouls. And they're, they're, they're being aggressive. You know, they're defending. But I know there was one foul in the Mexico State game. Bryson Williams missed it. They're going the other way on, on the UTEP three-point line while they're defending, going down the other floor, Bryson Williams fouls. And those aspects are really, really aspects that are just frustrating. The dumb turnovers, the dumb fouls that put them in, uh, put the other team in the double bonus, put them in the bonus. That parlays into not being mentally tough in the last five minutes. Correct. And that is very, very frustrating because this team is well-coached defensively. Let's just be yeah, honest. The, the defense, they're I mean, it's really... When, when UTEP is allowing easy layups, that's when you know all the wheels have fallen off. Correct. And it's very rare that you see that the Boise State game, the last couple minutes of the FAU game, when UTEP is really imploding is when you're seeing easy well, buckets. You, you have a stat here that the Miners have forced 235 turnovers this year. Right. So That's that's amazing. So you're, so you're seeing like that, that they have that pressure, but, you know— I don't understand how. When is it going to come full circle? That's the you know that's the big issue for this team is when will the mental strength, the mental uh, the basketball IQ, better basketball IQ. When will that come about with this team? And that goes with turnovers. That goes with dumb fouls, shot selection, even too hasn't really been a big issue for this club. But when we get late into the shot clock, when we're watching this team and they throw up wild shots, or or the, the worst thing with me and you were seeing Anthony Tark do it, you see Nigel Hawkins do it, is they're just running over people in the lane. Yeah. There's no Euro step. There's no concept. There's no pass off the dribble. It's just drive to the lane. And you see it so many times, you know, that may be a stat I look up for the next podcast, how many offensive fouls UTEP has. But and, and, um, th those just those things from a mental, uh, from a basketball IQ, I keep saying mental toughness, basketball IQ, the basketball IQ for this UTEP team is just very, very low. And it's disappointing because of how well they're coached in certain principles on defense. And that's the one thing that I, I see that they can improve on, you know, like, you talk about the basketball IQ, things of that nature. Like, I think that's the one thing that coached. I have the faith 
and Coach Terry that right. he's going to do that. Paying that, a lot that of money. He, he, yeah, you are. You know, to, to him <laughs> That's and his, my faith. You're the, the, that the, the him, the him and the coaching staff, to have the faith that they're going to be able to do that. So like I said, I'm not hitting the panic button yet, but this is a podcast where we talk about what's going on with the basketball team and the football team and the other sports. But right now we're talking about basketball, so we're, we're telling you what's going on on all the different aspects, you know? So it's not like we're like, just digging at the basketball team, but we have faith that it's going to be fixed, you know, because now you do have to, like, you've, you've lost, like, especially, like, the last three the last three games, like, because of that. Right. You know, then you got games coming up this week here at home. You know, they got to win these games. Yeah, they they have to win these games. You can't start, you can't, you, you can't lose uh, four Ford, games no, no. in a row, Conference USA, because then you, now you're in the hole, you know. I don't care if you win by one or you win by 20, you know, a win is a win. Same thing with a loss. And you start 0-4. Conference USA is a very even league. There's no Correct. top dog. I mean, La Correct. Tech is probably the best team, but every, anybody could eat, beat anybody any yep. night. Yep. There's no team that there's an automatic W here for. We thought UTEP could be that, but clearly right now, I mean, they could get beat by anybody. There's some stats that really stood out to me. Go ahead. Um, look, obviously, the big one, they've lost five out of their last six. That's yep. the most disappointing one. But, you know, th- the most bothersome for me is when you look at the turnover to the, the assist to turnover ratio, UTEP 229 total turnovers, 188 assists. You're looking at Sule Boom who went into the last game. He had 29 turnovers to 28 assists and he's one of your main ball handlers. You're ranked 224 uh, nationally in taking care of the basketball. You're ranked 210 in assisting on your buckets. That's a big issue. Um, Sule Boom, Daryl uh, Edwards, they both are averaging over two turnovers per game. The stat that I really like, this is one of the best stats, I think, the, the per 100 possessions. When you're looking about how efficient this UTEP team can be, Anthony Stark, every 100 possession, Anthony Stark's turning it over almost eight times. Um, now, going over to your main ball handlers, Bryson Williams, not a ball handler, but he's your best scorer. He's almost turning it over five times in 100 possessions. Now, your two main ball, your three main ball handlers, Lathan, three points. Four, Nigel Hawkins 3.4, Daryl Edwards 3.9, Sule Boom 4.0. That's per 100 times so they can every you get t- it, right? So per average on 100 possessions, those are the times these players are turning the ball That's over. That's pretty good. That right there is, 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 is telling of the struggles of this club. Those fours should be twos. You know what I mean? Th- those guys that are in the fours should be in the low twos or the high twos, the 2.7s, the 2.8s. You know, you're looking at at, at – at, you know, really everybody is having turnover issues with this club. That is what's really, really hurting this team. And another thing, three-point percentage. The Miners ranked 280th in shooting threes this year, 31%. Uh, your best three-point shooter is Daryl Edwards. And, you know, it's still, you know, you're looking at Edwards and where he – Edwards overall is, is, a, is a decent three-point shooter, and it really shows in the per 100, uh, per 100 possession when you're looking at his three-point percentage. But if you look at just the total three-point percentage for the minors, I mean, they've hit 92 threes this year. You know, it just, it's not enough offense. You know, that is where this team really, really needs to find themselves is behind the three-point line. I mean, they do a great job of getting the ball inside. The minors are shooting 52% on their two-point shots this year you know it's a very efficient team most of those coming from bryson williams but taking care of the basketball and finding that outside threat outside of daryl edwards that's a big concern for me when we talk about concerns you know those type of stats have to improve because to me you know if the miners are shooting in that high 30 percent rates 37 38 which is average you know we're 
looking at you know a team that's going to have you know 12 to 12, 13 wins right now that's really been the difference early on in the season when the miners needed threes against other teams you know your east central your double directional they were going down but now against these d1s well because now you have you have real you have competition, real competition you know, and, and you're just seeing that it, struggle it, it was the warm-up let's be honest november uh, late October, all of November, it was a warm up, right. and we talked about it when when they got into December, starting with that Houston game. We we're going to find out what this team was made of. Now they haven't had a good month, you know. They should have won more games that they should have lost. So that's what I'm saying. There is still hope. That's why I'm, I'm not panicking yet because I still think that everything you talked about. I'm pretty sure that the coaching staff and Coach Terry, they know all this, and I think they're going to right the ship. I think they're going to fix it without a doubt. I think we're going to have a couple of wins. I think they'll beat Southern Miss. I don't know about uh, Louisiana Tech yet because that's going to be a great game. You know, both at the Haskins Center, go out there and support the team, go out there. Uh, what do they call it? Is it Def- Defend the Don? Defend you know, the Don. Hey, buy your tickets online, defendthedon.com. It's a great thing they're doing. So, you know, I, I just think that they had a bad month. And that was the month that they can afford to have a right. bad month. You can't afford to have two bad months in right. a row because you're done. At that point, you're done. Let me take it a little bit. You can't afford to have two bad weekends in a there row. You go. That's where we're at at this point. And and you you made a good point. You know, I, I think you know that Southern Miss game. It's a game you should win. Southern Miss has has been, you know, they've been terrible this year, but they've been up and down. I I know. Uh, they, they were hanging with Gonzaga for a little bit on the road, um, or they were playing in the Bahamas, and then Gonzaga just blew them out the water. There was another team that they were hanging with. It was Tulane. They were hanging with Tulane recently. They actually had a lead on Tulane. Um, but I agree, that's a game that you should see them, you know, assert their will. That La Tech game, though, that's going to tell us a lot. You know, you're talking about, now you throw in the factor of, okay, well, how much is Jordan Lathan going to play now? You know what I mean? Now that he's reported to be back on the team, that throws a little wrinkle into this weekend, too, is, okay, is he going to, is he going to add that firepower are we going to still see the same inconsistencies that we've seen from Jordan Lathan so you know really for me to get over that hump guard play you know it starts with guard play you know what you're getting out of Bryson Williams you're getting 10 points you're getting eight rebounds Anthony Tark I really starting to like Tark's game you know he's getting more minutes he's starting to assert himself big time dunker some of the dunks he's throwing down some of the presence the the presence that he makes just as a 6'6 guy plays more of a 6'8 6'9 type of guy Um, those are the things that I want to see continue just to continue to improve guard play continuing to figure out that rotation down low is it Tark is it Odigi um is it all three of them you know you start putting Tark at the three and start putting Odigi at the four and and shorten your guard rotation those are the questions that I want to see but I I haven't gotten a a, a hold on what Rodney Terry wants to do yet because we don't know and and plus that you like I said to his defense he missed the last two games right. because of his illness, you know. So, so, so it, came on we'll, the, it, it came on the the assistants to do their thing. Like I said, I thought one of the critical error they did, and if if a the, the the assistant didn't call the timeout, yeah. you know. So now Terry's going to be coaching, and we expect a different outcome. So LaTeX smashed Southern Miss eighty to forty nine in the first game, and then they smashed them at uh, in Ruston seventy eight to fifty. So. 2-0, an 0-2 team coming in on Thursday, then a 2-0 team coming in on Saturday. One quick basketball note before we end this out. I know UTEP hasn't announced this, but UTEP did get a signee. 
Uh, Quincy McGriff, 6'5", three-star guard, from uh, had offers from Fresno, Kansas State, New Mexico. Showed some pictures on Twitter that he signed. UTEP has not announced it. Uh, recently dropped 19 points and a pair of wins uh, out there in California. So UTEP continuing with those lengthy guards. We'll see uh, when they announce uh, Quincy McGriff signing. But uh, obviously it's gonna, the scholarship situation will be interesting at the end of the year. And I think that's why UTEP hasn't announced it. So UTEP hoops, lot. Lots, uh, lot, lot to catch up on, man. What you got going on in football? Uh, I mean, and it's quick. Nothing good. So I'm just gonna be honest with you. I mean, one of the things that so, I do have to, uh, we do have to report is that uh, one of the coaches, Remington Repstock, he went to Old Dominion. You know, uh, new head coach over there, Ricky Rain. Rain. I'll call him Ricky Rain. You know, uh, Blake Seller is the defensive coordinator. Worked at Kansas State for ten years, of course. Rapstock, Kansas State as well, you know, the Graduate demo connection, you know, stuff like that. So that's that's how he makes so – he's basically, basically making a lateral move, correct? Right. Yeah, in a sense, yeah. La- yeah. He's, he was cornerback, what was he, safety? He was sa- I think it was DBs, total all DBs. Yeah, Utep, the, the this defense. staff didn't have a cornerback's coach like Cooler did. So, so it was, yeah. he was he, – he was, so he's basically making like a lateral move but Old Same Dominion. Thing. And I feel Utep is losing a pretty good recruiter. I thought he – I thought that was his strength. Obviously, you know, you know – we can't sit here and gloat about his defensive back performance because obviously the new defensive backs, that's your struggle. But I know that he was a key recruiter. So UTEP is losing that type of a hustler on their staff. You never, especially don't want to lose it to a, to a conference mate. Um, but you know, I, I've heard a lot of good things about that new head coach. I mean, old dominion has a nice little foundation there, that new stadium. They've been successful, um, under Bobby Wilder, but you can tell they're trying to take it up to another level and, and credit to them. That is what an athletic program should do. So, uh, you know, that's a tough loss for the Miners. Honestly, I know all y'all are going to ask who's going to replace it. I think UTEP promotes within. It's too late right now to find anybody quality or anybody with a splash hire. Um, and you're not going to get so a much splash, a splash hire, hire anyway. Yeah, not anyways. But, I mean, that's what I mean. Not a splash hire. But, yeah. you know, somebody that's intriguing ain't going to get Deion Sanders, something like that. But I just see somebody getting promoted from within. Yeah, I, I saw, think that's I saw how Jason go. Garrett. I saw a little... I saw a little. I know you. Did you see that for <laughs> Jason Garrett? Somebody uh, a Photoshop uh, a, UTEP stuff on him. That was that was where did it? That was hilarious. That was, by the there way, there was also another coaching rumor involving Mike Canales. Now this was kind of a, a Twitter account that. I don't know if yeah, but if, if that move but, was going to be made, it should have been like like when when well, I asked well, you the last time we did the well, podcast. Here, here's the thing: he's going back to Tennessee. I believe Tennessee is just hiring a new coach and trying to put together a staff. But the tweet said that Chico would go back as a wide receivers coach. So not an OC, one of those. He, he, he was the quarterbacks coach before he came at, to UTEP, at, right? At, at Tennessee. So most of the time, you can you can afford to hire those position coaches late in this process. Obviously, it, I'm I am not tapped into Tennessee football to see if they've hired a new coach or a coordinator. But usually, your coordinators are your first. So that could still be a possible movement. But the big movement, though, it, what happened last night. Obviously, Repstock leaves, but. UTEP lost two recruits, two key recruits. And I say key because it's not about their stars. It's about the pipeline that they were starting to build there. You know, you're talking about Jaden Goodwin, talking about Ricky Johnson. I think these two were, were, were going to be moved to wide receiver. I know a, a lot of their their uh, recruiting websites have them as defensive backs. But from what I've heard and what we've heard, I think UTEP needed them at wide receiver more than they did defensive and, back. And, and you said Goodwin. That name sounds very familiar. Oh, yeah. he's the uh, Jaden Goodwin is the brother of TJ Goodwin, who is going to be one of the uh, – players who's going to be fighting for a starting quarterback job so when i talk about pipeline and all that yep 
that's what makes this very disappointing. And, and, and these two are very highly rated, by the way. Um, they're going to be at a power five. I, I think, I don't know if I said it. No, I said it on a message board, a YouTube message board. You know, when they didn't sign, Dana Dim will try to spin it. You know, we got so-and-so. You know, like we said, he does a good job with the media. You know, we got, two re- we got two receivers. But if you, I've, I've covered college football recruiting the past seven years. When a kid doesn't sign to a school like UTEP, UTSA, North Texas, that's because somebody in their ear is telling them, hey, if so-and-so leaves or, you know, whenever somebody leaves, you're getting our scholarship. So somebody is in their ear, both of those kids. I I could be wrong, but usually that's what happens. Houston comes into the mix. Uh, I'm I'm shooting for the stars here, but let's say like an LSU or something like that. But but I I could say this. They could change their mind because in February they got like a – they still have – they, you got the late signing period, so they one of them can change their mind if they want and, to. And that because I think like if I was good when they may move me to wide receiver, hey, it'd be kind of cool if my brother was a starting quarterback, quarterback and he's throwing the ball to me. So sticking on recruiting, just uh, before we wrap this up, you know, you're looking at the two the two signing periods. Obviously, you're talking about. Uh, you know the the early the late signing period where I expect there to be more high school kids. Yes. On that one, um, the early one that happened in, and we hadn't talked about that one where UTEP signed eleven players, seven JUCOs uh, were signed, and that that's the key right there. Yeah. The, those they, they need guys to come they, in right now and make an impact right now. They needed. They wanted eight. They got seven. So not bad. Not not bad at all considering your situation. You know, I had a. a, a conversation with Dana Dimmel about his there you go. about his recruiting and he said he wanted eight jukes he could get one more I mean obviously you know they were trying to get eight but they got seven that's still a good number seven out of eight you know you'll take that um, the two main highlights for me personally from this recruiting class Willie Eldridge from Houston the versatile running back and then Khalil Warfield from San Antonio the, the versatile athlete you can put him at running back put him at receiver he can play quarter he can play defensive back those are the two highlighted guys for me defense you know as far as these juco guys We'll see them in the spring and we'll give you a a better gauge of them. You know, we we were I I don't like to look at the Juco guys too much right now because we don't know. The good thing about it is a handful of these guys are going to be in spring ball. So that's a positive thing, particularly defensive practice, spring practices, spring ball. But, you know, because there's no game. It's practice. That linebacker and those four defensive linemen I really hope are in that mix of of early enrollees because UTEP needs to really develop some sort of continuity, some sort of, of engine to get that defensive going defense going. I think it starts with the defensive line. So keep an eye out. We are less than a month away from uh, signing day. We will have a signing day podcast. Yes, I love I, National I look, Signing Day. I look forward to that next I month. I do. So I will take that day off so that way we can uh, go chat with Dana Demo and them, get you some audio. You mean you're going to the uh, press conference yeah, is what you're saying. Yeah, there you go. Go. go that presser. Definitely. It's, it's a good event. UTEP does a really good job with that event every year. I know that was a big You know, deal. last year they changed it. Cause two I heard year, they did. Two years ago, everybody was there. Like – like the boosters, then last year was just the media. It was like oh. a, it was just for the media and, only. You see, and I liked I, I liked that. I liked you like the one where all the boosters be, and everybody because was you there. know because UTEP made a little coin off of that. That's smart. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're they making still co- made coin. You, they just excluded the media you know, out of that. You're you're making coin, and then you know you're getting you you're making your your valued customers yep. feel valued. And yep. I love because at the end of that, you the best thing that I loved after that is yeah, we would interview Coogler. I would like to interview uh, well, all the, I, Coogler had a couple of recruiting. Uh, 
coordinators, but I would like to talk to all of them. And then, and then you see the coaches talking with fans. Exactly. And they're not talking, hey, how's your wife? They're talking ball. You know, they're talking about And, and I love that. I think that's well, something the, the that, thing they do. They would sit a coach with in one of the tables. One right. Of the, and I think that's a very smart and, and, move. And, and, that, and it's, it, it's, it's really great for, you know, it, it, I'm saying this, and I don't slight anybody, but for your big donors, the ones that really will give Jim Center a $500 check just for nada, bro. Just 500 just Maybe more than maybe that. Like but yeah, 5, yeah, but you know what I'm saying. So yeah. it's good to see that. Um, we'll definitely be out there covering Looking forward to 2020. Should be an interesting year. Gosh, I hope the Miners can just split this weekend. And I, I'll just I, be happy. I have faith that they're going to write the ship and you're they're going to win. you going to go sweep? I, I go sweep. I, I, I think I'm, I'm close to that. I'm just – I they're going to beat Southern Miss – that La Tech game is going to be close. That would it's, be huge. It's, it's that would be huge for their confidence. Yes, no, and, and that's and the I'm end trying off. to sound like during the football the the podcast. No, but but you hit it right on the head. You win two in a row coming off of the Ralph month that we chatted for forty hey, minutes. Think, about. think about this: the last the last two games you didn't have your head coach because he was sick. Thank God he's good. He's he's back to normal. Hopefully. You know, then the next two games you win, you're back. You're back. You're, yeah. You got the confidence. You're ready to grow. The swagger's back, and then you the got swag is UT, back. You got UTSA. And then all the guys, that. all the guys that left. Hey, you know what? My bad. I ain't leaving there. There's something going on. They don't want to tell us, but something's going on. But nonetheless, they're back. You know, and er the the ship is back. It's it got crooked. It got off course. People, some people got back off, but then they made the stops and they got back on the boat and stuff like that. So everything's back on. Let's just see if the captain on track. If the captain can guide them. Let's see if I I think the captain will guide them. So we'll find out. Uh, Thanks for listening. Anything you got to say? Happy New Year. Happy. All that stuff. Unblock me, Rodney Terry. Yes. <laughs> I was about to say, try not to get blocked by anybody else on Twitter. Put those miners, bro. <laughs>